It's kind of like Cody and Noel, except like in a different font. The YouTube show is like a different YouTube show, but in a different font. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm Laura. And I'm Jonathan. And we're two siblings who needed something to do, so you're listening to Kim, Kim Say, Say the, the Darndest Things. things. Hello, everyone, and welcome back Howdy. to another episode of Kissed It. Kim say the darndest things. Uh huh. And I'm, I'm, it's going to be a thing. I'm going to make it happen. All right, for our four listeners. Yes. Now, today, listeners, we have a very special episode for you. We're going to be talking about Grimm's fairy tales. We're going to tell you a bedtime story. Yes. Yeah, so this is a perfect episode that you can listen to. Uh, when you're curled up and you've got your uh, bedside stand uh, go-gurt ready. And uh, yeah, just tuck her on in. Uh, wait, do you say go-gurt? Yeah, you know, like some people like uh, warm milk before bed. Other people like warm go-gurt before bed. Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> just pop it in the microwave for a little bit and you get yourself a nice... Uh, uh, body temperature tube ready to... Ew, what's the point of that? It's to... Never mind. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So now, Laura, you took a children's literature class last year. Is that correct? I did. I took a very surprisingly reading-heavy and writing-heavy children's literature for children class, English class, and I am... Um, we spent a lot of time reading fairy tales and really dissecting them. What'd you find inside? Were they like so, warm and squishy on the inside or was it like... They're just disturbing. <laughs> now, did you learn specifically about the Grimm brothers? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jacob and Wilhelm, was that their names? Frederick? Yep. Something like that. Uh, German brothers. Uh, they lived in the... What, what time period was this? Was this the... They lived in... Let me open up my notes here. So we can do the whole real official thing. Um, so the them, they were uh, considered the golden age of children's literature, which is the 1800s. So see, that's more recent than I thought. I think when I think Grimm Brothers, I think I kind of put them more like 1600s or something like that. What's interesting is that um, children's books. Well, actually, so. All of these fairy tales weren't intended for children in the first place. Okay. Um, they were just, I don't know. And then children grabbed hold of them and were like, oh, it's for us. Uh, there was no concept <laughs> of childhood in general until even like the 17th and 18th century. So, yeah. Um, so what you're uh, saying is this of... was uh, culturally appropriated by children, which is why <laughs> some of the uh, content of their fairy tales is notoriously not for children yes that's that's exactly it uh like uh, some of the classic disney stories that were adapted from grim brothers like uh cinderella there, there's a scene where the stepsisters like chop off parts of their feet to make to try to fit the glass slipper yes we could we could really go into some of the the more disturbing origins of 
of a lot of our beloved Disney films. But why do that when we can learn about some new disturbing things out there? Yeah, so I actually have, I have, of course, I have a book of the complete Grimm Brothers fairy tales. And there was one day where I just decided to open them up and start reading them, you know? And there are some weird ones. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're very obscure ones that aren't easily going to be turned into uh, Disney stories. So I thought maybe we should, we could shine a light on them, maybe share a few of them. Get ready. Yeah. So I guess, Laura, if you want to start us off, uh, listeners, we're going to be reading to you uh, The Water Nixie. The Water Nixie by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm. This is, so. uh, I think there's an official catalog of the stories, and this is number 79. I have not read this. This is a blind reading yeah. that I'm doing. All right. So, a little brother and little sister were playing by a well, and while, wait a minute, a little, oh, okay. And while they were playing there, they both fell in. A Water Nixie was down there. She said, now I have you. Now you will have to do work diligently for me. And she led them away with her. She gave the girl tangled, dirty flax to spin, and she had to fill a bottomless barrel with water. The boy had to chop down a tree with a dull axe, and all they got to eat were dumplings as hard as rocks. Okay, pause. Hold up. So, Water Nixie, I think, is just like a water spirit or something. Okay. But, um... I'm... First off, this... Okay, Children Falls Down a Well, that's classic. Are they still in the well? Um, no, she's taking them, like, out of the well to her, like, estate, her cottage Oh, or okay. But... What was she doing in the... Wait, how does she have an estate if she's a water nixie? Maybe they are in the well. <laughs> this is I'm a so poorly written story. But anyway, can we just appreciate the fact that she says, you know, she kidnaps the children to have them work diligently for her. Okay, child labor, fine. But then she has... The girl has to fill up a bottomless barrel with water... And the boy What's has the to. Point of that? He has a dull axe to chop down a tree. Like that's that's just pointless. That's not diligent. She's not she's not using their labor for anything. She's just ma- annoying them. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't make sense. But up to this point, the story makes the most sense that it ever will. So go ahead and keep going. Oh boy. Okay. Finally, the children became so impatient they waited until one Sunday when the Nixie was at church. <laughs> they ran away. Okay. Pause. <laughs> Why does the water Nixie go to church? I'm sorry. No, you can't just have the water Nixie go to church. She Okay, so she's totally... First off, she's like a spirit of some kind. So, okay. And then... like, But I guess she's a Christian. Okay. And then she kidnaps children and forces them to do unpaid labor. But then she's just like, yeah, I'm still going to go to church. But like, okay, so I'm sorry, it's, I love how it says the children became so impatient as if like they needed to be impatient to try to run away. To not be enslaved, yeah. <laughs> like clearly every Sunday this girl goes to church and they just like, what, stayed home patiently? I guess, like, I mean, they have to work? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, okay, go ahead, keep going. <laughs> Okay. They ran away. When church was over, the Nixie saw that the birds had flown away and she followed them with long strides. The children saw her from afar and the girl threw a brush behind her, which turned into a large brush mountain with thousands of thousands of spikes, with which the Nixie had to climb over with great difficulty. But she finally got to the other side. 
When the children saw this, the boy threw a comb behind him, which turned into a large comb mountain. <laughs> with ten, th with a thousand times a thousand teeth. But the Nixie was able to keep hold of them and finally got to the other side. Then the girl threw a mirror behind her, which turned into a glass mountain, which was so slippery, so slippery that, slippery that it was impossible for the Nixie to climb over it. Then she thought, I will quickly go home and get my axe and then chop the glass mountain in two. That sounds however, however, by the time she returned and had chopped up the glass mountain, the children were far away and had escaped to the water because he had to trudge back to her well, the end. Yeah, that's the end of the story. Uh, I'm sorry. What? So he's been he's been trying to chop down a tree, and she's had an axe there, like that would break glass, like the whole time. Mm -hmm. But this okay. So the way the story first off, the children throwing random stuff behind them, and it just grows. Never explained. I don't know if this was mm -hmm. a superpower they had, but I guess it just happened. And so okay, sure, fine. But then like. The story makes it sound like she's in hot pursuit of the children, right? This is like an epic chase. And why'd she leave them alone when she went to church? And yeah, and so, and then she's like in hot pursuit of them. And then she's just like, oh, I'm going to go home and get my axe. <laughs> it's like, imagine if you're like, like a car chase scene in like a, an action movie. And then like the villain like knocks a bunch of stuff over and this hero pauses and is like, hang on, I'm going to go to the hardware store and we can dig our way through and we can resume the chase. And it's like, you get through and then of course the villain's gone. Like, that's not what you do during a chase. And then, what's the point of the story? What's I don't the know. lesson? Don't, if, if you go to don't church... Don't fall in a well. I guess so. I mean... If you go to church, bad things happen. If you go to church, tie up your kids first. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's the water nixie. Um... I don't know what to make of that, but... I don't either. <laughs> Just though Nixie goes to church. <laughs> Which, okay, I guess this gets at something that a lot of people don't really know. Like, a lot of people think, oh, the Grimm brothers were so messed up, their stories are so messed up, but they were actually... A lot of them had Puritan values attached to them. Yeah, so, like, the Grimm brothers were actually... They didn't come up with a lot of these stories. They were, like, going around interviewing, like, old grandmas in villages, weren't they? Like, cataloging. Mm -hmm like a lot of these mm -hmm. stories so and apparently they were you know good christian fellows so they actually had to sanitize some of the stories which apparently i mean some of them were like you know pagan they had you know supernatural creatures that were turned into like christian figures as we'll see in our next story but uh they also had to cut out a lot of like uh, uh sexual content apparently mm -hmm. which is lovely so but yeah, so they have a bad reputation, but they were actually trying to instill good values in their stories. Although not really with this one, because again, this... I guess maybe it's trying to say church is a good thing because it makes evil water nixies uh, lose hold of their kidnapped children. I don't... I don't even know. Anyway, uh, so we're going to move on. And Laura will be reading... Uh, Number story number one forty seven, the little old man made young by fire. Right now? Yeah, go for it. Alright. So this one's a little bit longer. Alright. So 
At the time when our Lord still walked on earth, he and St. Peter stopped one evening at a smith's and were gladly given lodging. Now it happened that a poor beggar, hard pressed by age and infirmity, came to this house and begged alms of the smith. Peter had compassion and said, Lord and master, if it please you, cure his ailments that he may earn his own bread. The Lord said gently, Smith, lend me your forge and put some coals on it for me, and I will make this sick old man young again. Seems pretty, pretty, pretty basic terrible. Jesus stuff so far. Mm -hmm. The smith was quite willing. St. Peter pumped the bellows, and when the coal fire sparkled up large and high, our Lord took the little old man, pushed him into the forge in the middle of the red fire so that he glowed like a rose bush and praised God with a loud voice. After that, the Lord went to the quenching tub, put the glowing little man into it so that the water closed over him, and after he had carefully cooled him, he gave him his blessing. When, behold, the little man sprang nimbly out, looking fresh, upright, healthy, and as if he were 20 years old. Great, so he's a Chad now. Yeah, he comes out, he's, he's got this like chiseled chin, and he's got a backwards baseball cap on. The smith, who had watched everything closely and attentively, invited them all to supper. Now, he had an old, half-blind, hunchbacked mother-in-law. She went to the youth and asked earnestly if the fire had burned him much. He answered that he had never felt better, and he had sat in the glowing coals as if he had been in cool dew. The youth's words echoed in the, young, or in the old woman's ears all night long, and early the next morning, after the Lord had gone on his way again and had heartily thanked the smith, the latter thought he might make his old mother-in-law young again in the same way, for he had watched everything very carefully, and it used the skills of his trade. Oh no. Therefore he called to her, asking if she too would like to go prancing about like an 18-year-old girl. <laughs> so, okay, pause. So, right away, I think we can all agree that this is maybe not heading in the best direction. A guy's trying to play God and do miracles on his own. Uh, also, kind of creepy that he wants to turn his mother-in-law into an 18-year-old girl. <laughs> okay. But uh, let's see what happens. Because the youth had come out of it so well, she said, with all my heart, so the smith made a large fire and pushed the old woman into it. She twisted about this way and that, uttering horrible cries of murder. Sit still, why are you screaming and jumping? <laughs> this guy has like no sympathy for the fact that he just pushed his mother-in-law into a fire. He says, why are you screaming and jumping about so? I still have to blow the fire hotter. He cried, then pumping the bellows again until her rags were all afire. This guy is like literally roasting his mother-in-law. <laughs> the old woman cried without ceasing and the smith thought to himself, that's not going exactly right. Like, yeah, dude, not at all. I can't. Okay. Oh my gosh. Then he took her out and threw her into the quenching tub. She screamed so loud. How is she not dead yet? She screamed so loudly that the smith's wife upstairs and her daughter-in-law heard it. And they both ran downstairs and saw the old woman lying in a heap in the tub, howling and screaming with her face wrinkled and shriveled and all out of shape. The two, 
who were both with child, were so terrified with this that that very night they gave birth to two boys who were not shaped like humans but apes. They ran into the woods and from them came the race of apes? What? Yeah, the end. Wait, what? So, okay, let's recap. Uh, this The Lord visits this family and performs a miracle where he makes a man young again. Then this guy decides he's going to play God and make his mother-in-law young again. And of course, because he's not God, he tries to do the miracle and it goes horribly. Therefore, it caused his wife to give birth to an ape and that's where apes come from. I like the uh, the whole uphold Puritan values, yet God exists and man exists, but <laughs> animals do not exist yet. Yeah, like, God exists and he created humans, but he didn't get around to creating apes. <laughs> I didn't get around to it. That was done when a guy tried to... I don't know, man. This does that not... was one of the weirder ones. Okay. This does not sound like the typical story when little Timmy asks... Or, not little Timmy, little Heinrich asks his grandma... Where do the apes come from? <laughs> and she tells him this story. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so... Yeah, I don't know if I have any thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know what to say to that. So I guess How we can... respond to that? <laughs> move on to our final story for this episode, yes. which is a favorite of mine. Now, I will not be reading this one verbatim. It's a bit long, so I'm going to have to summarize it a little bit. But uh, it's called Gambling Hansel. Alrighty, so once upon a time there was a man, and he did nothing but gamble, and that's why he was called Gambling Hansel. He gambled all the time, that's all he liked to do, that's all he was good for. And so one day, St. Peter is walking around the earth as he was wont to do, just kind of, I don't know, doing the rounds, I guess, making sure everything's cool on earth, and he uh, comes across Gambling Hansel, and he asks him to, uh, if he can crash at his place, you know? And Gambling Hansel, I mean, he's a gambler, but he's not like a total uh, jerk. So he's like, yeah, sure, you can crash here. And so St. Peter is like, you know, what do you got to eat around here? And Gambling Hansel's like, uh, I don't have anything. I gambled away all my money for food. Or the money he would have spent on food, he gambled away. So St. Peter gives him some money and he's like, all right, go get us some food. And what do you think happens? I'm already... So you, like gamble the food or whatever. Yeah, of course. It's gam it's gambling Hansel. So <laughs> gambling Hansel takes the money and he doesn't go to the store. He stops off at a tavern and he gambles it away. And meanwhile, St. Peter's like hungry <laughs> and just waiting. <laughs> hungry and waiting. And then uh Yeah, so St. Peter goes out to be like, what happened to him? And uh he finds Hansel and Hansel's like, Yeah, I lost the money. <laughs> And St. Peter, like, knows he was lying because he's St. Peter. But then he's like, okay, well, here, I have more money. So let's let's go get food together. And yeah, so they go get fun, get get the food. And then they go back. And uh, the next day, you know, I guess St. Peter gets a good night's sleep. And even though Gambling Hansel gambled away the money and lied to him about it, uh, St. Peter is like, thank you for your hospitality. Uh, so as thanks, I'm going to give you three wishes. Oh, God. Because I guess St. Peter is a genie? 
<laughs> but yeah, so uh, St. Peter offers him three wishes, and it, the story says that St. Peter expected Gambling Hansel to wish to go to heaven, because apparently you can wish your way into heaven. Mm. But, but what do you think Gambling Hansel wishes for? Uh, more time for thinking. <laughs> more like more time for gambling, because... <laughs> Gambling Hansel asked for a pack of cards with which he could never lose. He asked for a pair of dice with which he could always win, which those two sound a bit redundant. They're both ways to... Why not just ask for all the money in the world? Yeah, well... Why not just skip a step? He's not addicted to the money, remember? He's addicted to gambling. It's the thrill of the pursuit of money. But if you know that you're already going to win, then doesn't... All right, keep going. Yeah, that's true. Anyway... Uh, okay, so yeah, so a bit redundant, but I guess, I don't know, you don't want to get bored with what type of gambling you do. And then what do you think his third wish is? Um. He's asked for a pack of cards and dice, both of which will help him always win. What do you think he uses that third wish for? Is it gambling related? It is not. <laughs> then I, this could be literally anything. Yeah, and yeah, okay. Uh, he wishes for a tree. Not just any tree, though. A tree from which no one who had climbed up could descend until he gave them permission. Wait, what? <laughs> what is the point of that? I don't... Well, you'll see what the point of that is, but I don't know how... Unless Gambling Hansel knew what was going to happen in his own story, I don't know why he would think to wish for this, but okay, yeah, okay. So, and, and St. Peter is disappointed, but, you know, he fulfills... Does he go up the tree and get stuck or something? Uh, he does not, no. But anyway, okay, so uh, Gambling Hansel yeah. gets, you know, he gets the wish and he starts gambling and, of course, he never loses. Now, you would think that at some point someone would figure he's cheating and just shoot him or something. Or I guess uh -huh. guns didn't exist, I don't know, stab him. But no, he uh, is gambling and before long he had won half the world... So, I don't know, basically he's Emperor Napoleon or something uh -huh. through gambling. And so when St. Peter hears this, uh, he has to go to the Lord. And uh, I don't know, it's time for his annual performance review or something. And he's like, <laughs> he's like um, Lord, uh, I done goofed. This uh, gambling Hansel has won half the world and he might win the other half. So it's time for him to die. And so the Lord agreed, and they sent death to him, as okay. in like the Grim Reaper. Because oh. I don't know, he's not Does in the... the Grim Reaper. Go up the tree. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just put the. <laughs> yeah. So first off, this is a story in which Get in we, the tree. <laughs> we already have the Lord and Saint Peter, but I guess they're outsourcing death to the Grim Reaper. So yeah, the Grim Reaper shows up, and Gambling Hansel's gambling, of course, and Death says, "All right, it's your turn. Time to die." And Gambling Hansel's like, hold on, just wait until this game is done. Here, why don't you wait for me up in that tree over there? <laughs> and because death is a dunce, death <laughs> climbs up there. Like, first off, you don't get to... Okay, so in theory, this should have been like, he has a heart attack, right? And you don't get to tell your heart attack, wait, wait, hold on. Wait for me in that tree. Why did... I'm so... There's so many... Like, I, I want to be like, oh, why did he... Just go, like, why was he like, okay, I'll go up the tree, but also, like, what? Like, there's so many, is that the question I really want to be asking? Anyway, so yeah, so Death goes up the tree, and he's stuck. 
because he can't come down until Gambling Hansel lets him down. And so, yeah, so now no one dies. And, yeah, so anyway, so life is going on on Earth. No one is dying. And St. Peter has to go to the Lord again and be like, I done goofed. Uh, people aren't dying. We got to go get him ourselves. We got a free death. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they go. And so the Lord commands Hansel to let the Grim Reaper down. And so Hansel's like, okay. And death is, like, mad and kills him right away. <laughs> But the story's not over. Uh, so Gambling Hansel's dead, right? And it's, this, it says Gambling Hansel goes to the gates of heaven and he knocks, at, or you know, he goes to the door of heaven and he knocks at the door. And they say, who's there? <laughs> and he says, he says Gambling Hansel, which first off, I thought that was his nickname that other people called him, but he refers to himself as Gambling Hansel. I guess that, I don't know. If they say gambling Hansel who, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, they do not. They say, ah, we don't want you. Go away. So, <laughs> so anyway, so then he goes to the door of purgatory and he knocks and they say, who's there? <laughs> and he says, gambling Hansel. And they say, we don't want you. Go away. So Ooh. he has to go to hell. Now, this is where the story gets weird. He goes to hell. Oh, this is where the story gets weird. <laughs> he goes okay. to hell, and there's nobody there except Lucifer, the mm -hmm. devil. Oh, he's the first person to... And he's he's just he's just sitting there. And Hansel was like, you want to gamble? <laughs> and, and, you know, the devil's I like, can't. sure. And so gambling Hansel pulls out his cards, his unlosable cards, because I guess you get... If hell is like an airline you get one carry-on and one personal item <laughs> and his personal and then he never loses he, even in hell yeah so he wins and so i guess they're gambling with demons and so before long gambling hansel has won control of all the demons in hell and so now he's in control and he's like cool why don't we go to heaven and so he rises up the armies of hell and it says they pull up a hop pole like a big pole oh. and they go to heaven and they began to thrust the the pole against the door of heaven and heaven began to crack and so Does it say the word thrust yes Ew. and so so saint peter for the third time has to go to the lord and say i done goofed we let gambling Hansel take his cards. Now he's in control, and this is this is the the part of the Book of Revelation where they're rising against us. They're gonna throw us from heaven. And so now, okay, so now what do you think happens? I don't. I really don't know. How how am I supposed to? I no. I don't know. They okay. So they they cast the demons back into hell, but they let gambling Hansel into heaven. Why? <laughs> because apparently you can terrorist your way into heaven. So they don't let him in. He just... No, no, no. They, they let him in. They open the doors and they say... They, they're like, demons, you go. Gambling Hansel, you can stay. What the heck? Okay. So now, what do you think Gambling Hansel does now that you he You need to heaven? stop asking me what I think with a curveball like this. I literally don't know even where to go. Well, this is an easy one because he gets into heaven and he starts gambling. He starts gambling? Because it's Gambling Hansel. And he causes such a noise and confusion that no one in heaven could rest so saint peter 
goes to the Lord and says, I done goofed. He is making, he's ruining heaven. So finally the Lord takes up gambling Hansel, casts him down to the earth with such a force that his soul shattered into fragments. <laughs> Why didn't he do that in the first place? And, and this is the end of the story. And the pieces of his soul are now in gamblers to this very day. Okay. The end. Okay. So if you want to know where gamblers come from, they come from the shattered soul of gambling Hansel. I just don't... I don't... I, once again, don't even know what to think. <laughs> what was the point of that? And why does God have no power? Well, yeah, that was like... I, guess, I mean, I guess he has the power to, like, cast someone into total oblivion. But that's it. He he can't kill somebody or... He, he can't like, even, like, like just... He's un- got to have a middleman. He, he can't the... undo St. Peter's magic cards. I don't know, but I'm starting to feel... I feel like this is... What is the point of all... Like... <laughs> What I mean, I feel like I feel like the best way this th- this makes the most sense if you think that this was like almost like from Greek mythology, you know, where mm-hmm. like if you think of the gods as being like very powerful but kind of bumbling, you know. Yeah. And then like it got passed from Greece to Germany, and then you know the the Grimm brothers come along and they're just like, well, we can't have these pagan figures. We gotta. <laughs> up it to be you know saint peter and the lord but in the process they didn't really change anything else about the story so they just make saint peter look dumb and the lord look kind of like he needs to get better help i bet <laughs> i i am um, yeah I, I like the idea that there's a missing psalm that's like going through all the characteristics of god and then it's like needs help <laughs> yeah help wanted <laughs> up a tree <laughs> oh my gosh well, okay. So that's that one. I can honestly say I didn't read any this weird in my children's literature class. Mm-hmm. What was I the weirdest one that you though. remember from your children's lit um, class? I think we, well, half the semester we were just reading Little Red Riding Hood and the 12,000 variations of that. And there's there's some weird stuff out there. Um... I'm trying to think. Let me look at my notes here, because I blocked so much of it out of my memory. I think... We didn't read it, but there was another story uh, which involves not St. Peter, but the Virgin Mary, and a little girl that she uh, takes into heaven, and then the girl is bad, so she has to send her away from heaven. And then, like, the little girl eventually gets married to, like, a king, and she has a kid. And then the Virgin Mary is, like, appears to her and is, like, you did something bad, confess, you know, repent. And the little girl, or now a woman, refuses. And so the Virgin Mary takes her child away as, like, punishment. And then, like, when the the, the king and the townspeople wake up the next day and they realize that she's missing a kid, their first thought is, well, she must have eaten it. Oh, wait a minute. You told me this one. Yeah. And anyway, the long story is she ends up finally confessing after, after the Virgin Mary has to take three of her kids 
and the townspeople think that she's eaten three children and so they're about to burn her for being a child eater and then finally uh, before she burns she confesses and the virgin mary gives back her kids and saves her is that the one is not the one where mary's like i have to go to the store yeah at one point like like the whole the, the inciting incident was that like the virgin mary is like yeah i got to go so while i'm gone here go into these rooms but don't go into this one room and of course she goes into the one room and that's the thing that that's her sin that she needs to confess but yeah like why does the virgin mary leave like she just leaves heaven she's like i got to go everybody who like kidnaps somebody or is holding somebody like hostage sucks at it is the general <laughs> theme that i'm seeing so far yeah kind of like the water nixie who just is like yeah okay i'm going to church now <laughs> I can't get over that one. I'm going to church. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I think the weirdest one that we read was Hop O' My Thumb. Excuse and me? It's about this kid. There's seven sons, and their parents, like, don't want them anymore because they're too expensive. Mm -hmm. And so they just leave them in the forest. And so the um, seven sons... Uh, basically Tom Thumb. Uh, he, he, like, is like, let's find help. And so they find this, like, uh, house or cottage or whatever in the woods that belongs to this woman and her husband, who's, like, an ogre mm -hmm. who hates children and is, yes. Oh, also, each of the sons is wearing, like, uh, oh, gosh, what are they wearing? They're wearing, like, like crowns or something and um so she was like okay i can i can like feed you but you have to hide because my husband hates like kids and is gonna like eat you and then um so that happens and the the ogre husband is like there's kids in here i'm hungry and she's like i don't know what you're talking about and then um they escape and he he sees them and they run out and escape then they go back. Um, yeah, they go back, like, a couple of times to, like, get, like, steal from the ogre and his wife. Mm -hmm. um, and then the ogre and his wife have, like, seven ogre daughters. Oh, okay. And at one point, like, oh, I don't remember how it goes, but basically they're, e they're each wearing seven crowns, too. Or no, they're not wearing seven crowns. So... The um, the kids like replace. No, they put their crowns on the og on the ogre daughters so that the ogre in the dark thinks that it's the kids what? and like eats them. He eats his own kids. Yeah. Because they're wearing <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and then um, they escape and go back to the their parents who abandoned them. Toxic. What? <laughs> yeah, it was it was so weird. I think that was the weirdest one that we read. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. Now our listeners know more about some of the tales of the Grimm brothers. Yes. And I, I have no words. Although that one wasn't the Grimm brothers. That one was uh, Charles Perrault. Oh. Wait. The Agatha Christie dude? 
Yes. Yeah, after um, after he got off the... This is what he was doing on the Orient Express while while everybody was, like, waiting. He was writing ogre stories. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, dude. I... Yeah. Weird. And then there's a girl version of that called Molly Whoopi. Excuse me? And um, it's the same thing, except that it's a girl. Oh, okay. Does she have a little bow in her hair? Yes, she's, they're wearing ribbons. Oh, wait, seriously? Yeah. That's the only difference? They just put a bow in their hair? And um, they, like, after, instead of going back to the parents, though, they find a castle, and they go to the king, and they, all the stuff that they steal, they give to the, the king, and he's like, I'll give you my sons as husbands if you keep stealing. And so she does. And they all get married. Huh. Because that's what has to happen, because they're girls. Of course. So yes. Goodness gracious. Don't even don't even know. But Well Yeah. Listeners, I hope you enjoy that little bit of culture. Yeah yeah. Culture. We'll call it that. Yeah, culture. It's somebody's culture. <laughs> Not ours, but yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well kinda um, ours. I mean we are part German. Alright, fair. I don't even know how to wrap this up because those were so freaking weird. And that's where apes come from. The end. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Throw your mother in a fire. Yeah. Don't be careful around wells. And if you go to church, bad things happen. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Kissed It. I don't like that. It's totally that Kim say the darnest that KSDT kissed it. Ah, uh, whatever. We will see you next time.